Welcome to another Sunday of worship, but this isn't just any Sunday of worship. This is a very special day. This is Resurrection Sunday. We've come through a whole week of Holy Week, also known as Passion Week, as we walk through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, transitioned to the cross, into the grave, and now resurrected as our Lord and Savior. And here at New Morning Light Baptist Church, we don't call this day Easter Sunday. We call it Resurrection Sunday. And that's so we can fully focus on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We don't want to distract from this day with anything from the world or whatever pagan holidays are going on. We want to focus on the fact that our Lord and Savior died and was brought back to life through the Holy Spirit and died for our sins. So brothers and sisters, I'm so thankful for you coming to join us for worship on this Sunday. I'm so thankful that you came to hear what thus said the word of the Lord. And there is a mighty word this Sunday. But before we get into the word, there's some special thanks and announcements that I just want to uh, say and, 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 and bring up. And brothers and sisters, what we had yesterday on Saturday was a drive through luncheon. And we did that in celebration of our Lord and Savior. We called it a resurrection drive through luncheon. And it was so great to see so many people smiling faces as they came up here to get food. People ate in their cars. People got to do all kind of things as far as interact and see one another with proper social distancing, keeping in mind where we are in the state of the pandemic. But still, we were able to fellowship with one another. And brothers and sisters, it's so good to be able to fellowship with one another despite all that's going on in the world. Now, I want to thank my media ministry that has done so much to help make this broadcast possible. I want to thank all the people that have volunteered, uh, Deacon Jones that, that, that did our uh, call to worship, and Mother Stanford that did our uh, welcome, and all of those different things. I just want to thank everybody that did that, but also for the special treat in which we just saw with our dancers. Brothers and sisters, I would come up here and preach on Sunday and I would see the dancers outside practicing on that little stage outside of our church. And they were up here faithfully practicing and I thank God for them. So brothers and sisters, be sure to reach out to them. Let their families know, their parents know that you were glad to see them and that they did a wonderful job. And we're just so thankful here to see all the things that the many ministries of New Morning Light is doing in the midst of a pandemic. So brothers and sisters, there is a word from the Lord on this Resurrection Sunday. There's a word from the Lord to get us through, to inspire us, and to show us how we can make this text applicable to our day-to-day -day lives. And this Sunday, I'm coming from John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. The Bible says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then Jesus asked her, do you believe this? Brothers and sisters, I want to start off this Resurrection Sunday with a question. And it's a very detailed and personal question because I think because we do this so often, at least one time a year, sometimes we can get in the ritual of Resurrection Sunday and lose sight of the essence of what the cross and resurrection from the dead means. And I just want to ask you all a question, something to think about during this sermon. What does Jesus' resurrection mean on a personal level? What does Jesus' resurrection mean? mean 
on a personal level. You see, we have to ask ourselves that to truly make the story of Jesus Christ applicable to our daily lives. And sometimes we can find ourselves really wondering, how does it all relate? How does it all make sense? You can ask yourself, what does it mean when I'm disappointed with where I am in life? What does the story of Jesus mean when my friendships aren't what I thought they should be? When my marriage didn't turn out the way I thought it should? When my children haven't lived up to what I've raised them to be? When I keep relapsing into old habits that are destroying me? What does the cross mean? What does his resurrection mean? You see, brothers and sisters, some of us may say to ourselves, you know, I, I know John 3.16. I know what it says. It says, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I, I, I know what all of that means. But what does it mean when you know all the metaphysical aspects of how the blood of Jesus' sacrifice atones for our sins and, the, and it grants the world eternal salvation, but you find yourself still wondering, outside of all of those mystical things and spiritual things, what does it mean for what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis? You see, has anyone been real enough with God to say, I know I need reconciliation for my sins after life. But what about the sins I'm dealing with from day to day? What about the hurt I'm experiencing from day to day? What about the disappointments I'm experiencing from day to day? What about life's pressures I've experienced from day to day? What does the resurrection truly mean for me? You see, if the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the central theme of our faith as believers, how does this story impact my life now and not only when I die? You see, brothers and sisters, last Sunday we spoke about the misconception of belief. That was Palm Sunday. We identified the misconception that because we believe, sometimes we can think that God's reward or God rewards us through fulfilling our desires. But last Sunday, we concluded that faith actually helps us persevere and face all opposition. You all might want to go back and check that sermon out. I, 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 I dealt with some misconceptions last Sunday. But brothers and sisters, this Sunday, what we'll be dealing with, what I'll be preaching about, and what we'll be talking about is that the resurrection not only symbolizes Jesus overcoming death, but also teaches us how overcoming or how we can overcome our struggles from day to day. Let me make sure you got that. I said resurrection not only symbolizes Jesus overcoming death, but also teaches us how to overcome the struggles of life from day to day. You see, the word overcome means to prevail over a struggle or conflict, to defeat opposition. And brothers and sisters, in our text today, in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, this is a part of a larger narrative. 
where Jesus is talking to Martha to get her to overcome her frustration with him and her understanding of death. You see, in John chapter 11, that passage of scripture is known as the part where Lazarus is resurrected from the dead. And you see, brothers and sisters, I know this is a non-traditional passage of scripture to preach on Resurrection Sunday. However, there's some correlations here that I want us to grasp and understand as it pertains to the resurrection. There's some key points here that we can take from an understanding how the resurrection is applicable in our life in this story. Lazarus is sick. You know how it goes. And although Lazarus is sick, he hasn't died yet. So Mary and Martha, who are Lazarus's brothers, I mean Lazarus's sisters, they send a message to Jesus. And the messenger comes to Jesus and tells Jesus, the one whom you love, Lazarus, who is your friend, is sick. And they're summoning him to come quickly. And brothers and sisters, Jesus doesn't do like most of us would have done for our friends. Jesus doesn't immediately run and try to go and get on the road to help Lazarus. Jesus actually waits several days. And he waits so long that Lazarus dies and is buried. And by the time Jesus shows up, Lazarus has been in the tomb for almost four days. Brothers and sisters, this is a very interesting passage of scripture. We will see how this unfolds and relates to our resurrection Sunday in the sense that brothers and sisters, Lazarus is dead and Jesus is taking his time because Jesus has a different understanding of death than Mary and Martha and even the disciples. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you what Mary and Martha did when they heard that Jesus had arrived at the time. Mary's so upset that she doesn't even come to greet Jesus, but Martha is a stand-up woman and she comes to confront him. Martha comes to Jesus and the first thing she does is not say hello. The first thing she does is not welcome him in. The first thing she does is not say, you know, have, have a seat or I'm glad you came. The first thing she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. With an accusatory tone, with a frustrated tone, with an angry tone and possibly argumentative tone, Martha says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And brothers and sisters, what this often does or what this text should do is touch home in our hearts when we think about how sometimes we can find ourselves wondering where God is. Wondering where Jesus is going to show up. Wondering when God is going to deliver us. Having those moments where we feel like, Lord, if you had delivered me at this time, I wouldn't be going through this right now. Lord, if you had done this for me this way, I wouldn't be facing this right now. Lord, if you had been in my life when I was a child, when I needed you, I wouldn't be facing some of these hardships as an adult. Some of us have had those moments. Some of us have said those words. Some of us have felt those frustrations. These are very common things. Not only in the text, but in our personal lives. Sometimes we can find ourselves like Martha saying, Lord, if you had been here, I wouldn't be dealing with 
the situation I'm dealing with right now. Martha is basically saying, Lord, I need more from you. Lord, I expected more from you. Lord, I'm disappointed in you. Martha is upset and she is almost in a way going off. It's almost as though she's saying, Lord, I don't want to hear all that spiritual stuff. Yeah, I know it. If we go back to the text, the text even tells us, and I'm going to come back and read it just so you know, it's not my words, it's coming from the book. The text says at verse 21, it says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know. I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Martha's basically like, I know all that stuff. I know what you can do, but, but, but still, if you had been here, She's in that frustrated moment. She's, she's in, in, in that moment where it doesn't feel like it add up. If we're supposed to be friends, if you're supposed to be a savior, if you're going out saving everybody else, if you had been here, I wouldn't be dealing with this right now. And brothers and sisters, Martha right now is just asking for deeper relationship. Martha right now is just asking for understanding. And Martha is at a point in her life where we've been in our lives where she is wrestling with experience on one hand and fighting with her faith on the other hand. She, 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 she's wrestling and trying to hold these things together, but sometimes the experience can feel like it's outweighing the faith. Sometimes the experience can feel like it's overcoming the faith. Sometimes we don't want to hear all that spiritual stuff. I don't want to hear about life after death. I'm trying to live right now. We don't want to hear about all this salvation and heaven and pearly gates and death. I'm trying to figure out how to have some joy right now. What does this mean to me right now? What does, does the cross and, 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 and salvation and, and, and Jesus resurrecting mean for me right now? We find ourselves wrestling with the experience of life from day to day, wrestling with the reality of, of hardship and the reality of faith not seeming like it's delivering. We find ourselves wrestling with hope in the midst of despair, wrestling with how does the Jesus story apply to me? You see, Jesus teaches Martha about faith in the perceived failure of death by telling her about the resurrection. Jesus is teaching Martha, if you believe that I am the resurrection, you shouldn't be worried about a situation that looks dead. Huh? Let me say that again, just in case you missed it. I said, Jesus is teaching Martha, if you believe I am the resurrection, you shouldn't be worried about a situation that looks dead. Jesus teaches Martha, what looks dead to you, what feels like failed expectation to you is not the same for me. Jesus is teaching us through his dialogue with Martha that situations that look dead and moments where we thought he's failed us, moments that we thought that Jesus didn't deliver actually are moments to wait on his glory 
actually are moments to wait on his resurrection, actually are moments to show that it's not our will, but his will. Moments to show that it won't be through our doing, but has to come from somebody else's doing. Moments to show that we serve a God that's all-powerful and almighty. Isaiah 55 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We serve a God that is not of us. We serve a God that is not like us. We serve a God that's not human, but is with us. And brothers and sisters, we would never experience God's glory and God's grace if it wasn't for our failures. If it wasn't for us being sinners, if it wasn't for us being disloyal, if it wasn't for us messing up, we would never fully understand God's glory and God's grace if it wasn't for sometimes we can be liars. Sometimes we can be cheaters. Sometimes we've stolen. Sometimes we've talked bad about people. And sometimes we've cussed God's children out. Mm. Sometimes we've not even valued the life God has blessed us with. And we've not even been as faithful to God as God has been to us. Jesus is showing us on Resurrection Sunday. Not only can we overcome physical death through salvation and his resurrection from the grave, but we can also overcome spiritual death from sin and our daily struggles. Brothers and sisters, I'm defining death in the text here as an aspect of spiritual death, meaning disappointment, meaning loss of expectation, meaning the deterioration of faith. Brothers and sisters, I'm talking about whenever you feel frustrated, whenever you get like Martha and you question God or get like so many other people in the Bible, it's a deterioration of faith. Deterioration is what happens when a body or, or when something dies and the, the physical aspect of that body begins to break down and decompose. Deterioration, brothers and sisters. This aspect, as it relates to our faith, is something we see when our faith begins to die and ebb away because of lost expectation, because of disappointment. Our faith begins to deteriorate. And next thing you know, we can find ourselves like Martha saying, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We can find ourselves like Thomas saying, I won't believe until I see the nail marks in his hand and feet. We can find ourselves like Cleophas, who was the one that was on the road to Emmaus when Jesus came up to him and didn't reveal himself to him. And he's asked him what's going on in this town. And Cleophas said, are you the only one that doesn't know about the crucifixion of the Messiah? And Cleophas says, we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. That's the deterioration of faith. We, we see the deterioration of faith with Peter and the disciples when Jesus finds them on the Sea of Galilee fishing at nighttime trying to return to a life they had before they met him. That's how faith 
deteriorates when times get hard. You see, this tends to happen when situations look dead. Our faith also begins to die. This tends to happen when things don't look good or feel good, when it gets hard and we get frustrated, the faith begins to deteriorate. But brothers and sisters, the resurrection, the resurrection symbolizes restored faith. The resurrection symbolizes overcoming opposition. The resurrection symbolizes life and what looks like a dead situation. You see, Jesus is teaching. And Jesus says to Martha that he is the resurrection and the life. He says to her, the one who believes in him will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in him will never die. And he asked Martha, does she believe? And brothers and sisters, we see a paradigm shift here of the understanding of death because regardless of what Jesus did on the cross, we all still physically die. So brothers and sisters, we must realize that Jesus isn't just talking about physical death. He has to be talking about something more. He's talking about spiritual death in the sense of, we, of us losing our faith because brothers and sisters, Martha still at some point dies. Mary still at some point dies. Lazarus at some point dies. Jesus brings him back to life, but he's going to die again. None of us have eternal life in this realm. So he's not talking about the same type of physical death. But he's talking about a spiritual death. He's talking about when you lost hope and you do no longer believe. He's talking about that aspect of when you feel so forlorn and so despaired that now even your soul doesn't even see a way out. He's coming to redeem our spirits, brothers and sisters. And the redemption of the spirit is not only subject to life after death, but the redemption of the spirit is what gives you a new mindset about what you're dealing with right now. Hmm? Brothers and sisters, the message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the power of overcoming. You see, Jesus' birth, Jesus' life, Jesus' death, and resurrection show us the power of God can sustain us to overcome all stages of life. You see, it's quite evident in the time period between Palm Sunday and this Resurrection Sunday known as Holy Week, we see Jesus' example of perseverance, of sacrifice and failure, and the power to overcome. Let me make it plain for you, brothers and sisters. We saw on Palm Sunday, Jesus had a spirit of perseverance because technically it's after this in the text where he brings Lazarus back from the dead that now the Pharisees are upset now the, 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 the Jewish leaders are upset and they know that because he's brought Lazarus back to life people will begin to start following him and believe in him more so because he has the power to bring people back from the dead 
And brothers and sisters, the text tells us that they not only seek to kill Jesus after this, but they also seek to kill Lazarus after this, brothers and sisters, because they realize how powerful he is. So brothers and sisters, the text tells us that after this moment, he begins to hide with the disciples. He stops coming out in the open and being out amongst people. But in Matthew, in Matthew 21, what we read last weekend on Palm, Palm Sunday with this triumphant entry, Jesus comes out of hiding after having healed Lazarus, after bringing Lazarus back from the dead and enters the city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And brothers and sisters, this shows perseverance in the fact that he knew this would be the culmination of what set in motion his death. And he rides in knowing that although they're saying Hosanna because of the miracles and things that he's done, although they're saying Hosanna because they want him to be this, this king to resurrect them and free them from Roman rule, he knows that by that Friday, They'll be yelling, crucify him. And brothers and sisters, Jesus faces opposition, the opposition of expectation. Then, after perseverance, we notice how he even conducts himself or teaches us how to conduct ourselves through a crucifixion. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is crucified on a cross and is sacrificed for our sins. He was a righteous man that lived a blameless life, but nonetheless, he was still sacrificed and crucified for our sins. And brothers and sisters, in many aspects, this is a public failure. It's a public failure because the Jewish people expected him to triumph as a king. And when they see him dead on this cross, they feel as though they feel as though he's failed them. They feel as though this is the culmination of failed expectations. When the disciples see him crucified on that cross, they feel as though it's all over. It feels like failure. But brothers and sisters, Jesus teaches us something about failure. Jesus shows us something about failure. He shows us that through his resurrection, we can overcome failure and perceive death. That when people write us off, that when people think that we're done, that situations that should have killed us, all of these things, Jesus shows us it's through his resurrection that all of this we're able to overcome. You see this? Secession or this movement of perseverance through sacrifice and failure and then overcoming through the resurrection are steps and which help us overcome from day to day. You see, what this teaches us is that we will face opposition and we will have to persevere. In some cases, we will be defeated and feel like we're being crucified. But in the end, God will give us enough strength to overcome. God will give us enough strength to endure. God will give us enough strength to be resurrected above anything we've experienced. Resurrection not only symbolizes Jesus overcoming death, but also us overcoming the struggles of life. God sent his son 
to struggle like us, to feel pain like us, to die like us, but also give us hope through the resurrection to show us that we can overcome any obstacle. You see, brothers and sisters, some days may defeat us, but every time we have a new day, we rise. Brothers and sisters, you'll have good days and you'll have bad days, but you must thank God for another day to rise again. You see, it's through this resurrection, it's, it's, it's through this understanding that we truly experience success and we truly learn how to overcome through our failures. I have a poster on my wall in the room that has the word failure, 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 leading all the way up to this top word that says in big, bold, bright letters, success. And it's supposed to illustrate that success is be built upon failures. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, we may feel like failures. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, other people may fail us. Sometimes the world may let us down. And sometimes God himself, we may feel like, has let us down. But it's through overcoming those failures that we have success and we rise. This reminds me of something I heard Steve Harvey talk about. You know, I've used Steve Harvey for a lot of examples in the past, but... Um, as you know, Steve Harvey is a comedian. And he talked about in his early days of being a comedian, he learned so many life lessons. He talked about how when he was learning how to do stand-up comedy, there's something that all stand-up comics experience. And that although you'll have a lot of success and people will love you some days and you'll tear the house down, and everyone will love you at the comedy club, but there will also be some days that you're just not hitting it. Some days where no one's laughing. Some days where you're just messing up. Some days where you wish that after the show as a comedian, you could just dig your own grave and bury yourself in it. Brothers and sisters, Steve Harvey talked about those days were the days that made him a better comedian. He said a lot of times during a comedy session, after his part was over, he would stay and watch other comics perform. And he said, yeah, he loved watching the comics that brought down the house. Yeah, he loved to see their techniques of how they would transition from joke to joke. He loved watching that, but he said the best thing he enjoyed watching were the people that would get up on stage and start off good, but then they would start messing up and they would fail. And then the mood of the room would change and then people would start booing or people would get up and start leaving. He said he loved to sit and watch the comedian's reaction and watch the crowd's reaction. He said he, said he, he didn't like watching it to make fun of the comedian. He didn't like watching it for his own personal amusement. No, he watched this and took it as a lesson on failure because he said if he ever was able to witness how a comedian could turn a room around 
Meaning turn the room from not liking him and not writing him off as a horrible comic to maybe getting a standing ovation at the end or at least winning the crowd back over so they would start laughing at his jokes again. He said that would be a trick that he could use for the rest of his life. Brothers and sisters, he would purposely watch how people failed so he could himself learn how to succeed. And brothers and sisters, what we must realize in this resurrection story is that for the Jews, this was a public failure. For the Jews, Jesus had messed up and had been crucified and killed as a public example of what not to be and what not to do. And brothers and sisters, I came to tell you this morning about a man who turned the room around, about a man that People laughed at him and mocked him. People spat on him and kicked him. People yelled Hosanna one week and yelled crucify him by the next week. His close friends sold him out. And even when he cried to his father, he cried out saying, why hast thou forsaken me? His father said nothing in response. Brothers and sisters, this man endured people who even walked away from him and said they never knew him. And brothers and sisters, this man still turned the room around. And he taught us how to face opposition when he rode into Jerusalem. He taught us how to sit at the table in the presence of our enemies at the Last Supper with disciples and still treated him, still treated them with love and respect, although he knew they would betray him. He taught us how to deal with death on his way to the cross when people thought it was all said and done. But ultimately, he showed us how to overcome anything through his resurrection from death. So brothers and sisters, resurrection not only symbolizes Jesus overcoming death, but also teaches us how to overcome the struggles we face in life. Brothers and sisters, you can overcome sorrow and pain. You can overcome depression and loneliness. You can overcome sickness and failing health. You can overcome betrayal and deceit from family and friends. You can overcome life, a life of sin. And having life more abundantly only if you believe in a source of power that goes beyond your power. Only if you believe. As Paul tells us in Romans, the same spirit that resurrected Jesus, allowing him to triumph over the grave, resides in you. And only if you believe, like Jesus said, that I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So brothers and sisters, you can turn your own room around. You can figure out how to build success upon perceived failure. And that even in death, through Jesus' resurrection, you can have life. So brothers and sisters, at this time, if you're looking for a church home and on this Resurrection Sunday, you're looking to start again. It's okay. You may have failed. You may have messed up. You may be wondering 
if you can start all over again. And I'm here to tell you, it's okay. You can start all over again. You can try again. Brothers and sisters, if you've been wondering how this is applicable to your life, I hope you just heard and learned that it's through the resurrection story, through Jesus's ministry, that we're able to see how our own lives are filled with betrayal, filled with deceit, filled with corruption, and filled with so many things that should destroy us and should defeat us. But it's through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior that we are able to overcome. So if you would like to overcome any addiction, if you would like to overcome anything that's pulling you down, on this Resurrection Sunday, make the pledge in your heart to give your life to Christ. Brothers and sisters, the easy part is confessing with your mouth. But the daily part of walking with God is something that has to happen with your heart. We can say it with our mouths all day, but in our heart, the transformation has to happen. So I pray that on this Sunday, if you don't have a church home, or if you don't have a relationship with God, you make the commitment today to have one through believing in the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you're looking for a church home, I would love to be your pastor, and this congregation would love to bring you into this fellowship of believers. And you can contact me through the church email, or you can reach us, reach us by phone, or you can even contact us through our Facebook page and YouTube page. And we would love and be happy to have you. So once again, evaluate your relationship with God and evaluate your quality of life so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. May God bless you and may God uh, keep you. Have an awesome and wonderful Resurrection Sunday. Amen.